Hello, everybody. You're listening to Throwback Country Music. I'm your host, Britt Jones. Thank you so much for downloading this bonus episode. Our guest today is country music star and 90s hit maker, Billy Dean. Do us a huge favor. If you're on your iPhone or your iPad right now, look at the little button that says subscribe right beside the logo for the Throwback Country Music podcast. All you have to do is just click on that. It takes less than a second. That will help us to grow, and you will also be notified every time we drop an episode. You'll never miss an episode, so uh, it really helps us out. So please do that, and if you're feeling froggy, go ahead and give us that five-star rating um, at the bottom of the page, and you can also write a quick review, and uh, this helps the podcast um, continue to be uh, better and better, and we can continue to bring you some of the best artists from the 80s and 90s and even 2000s to the show. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Just hit that subscribe button, um, write a quick review, and give us a five-star rating. All right, so today is a very cool day for me. I get to have Billy Dean on the show. Billy had so many great hits in the 90s, uh, such as Somewhere in My Broken Heart, Excuse me, I'm not built that way. Billy the Kid, um, it's what I do. So many incredible songs, and he's such a great songwriter and an incredible guitar player. So today uh, is Billy Dean. But first off, let's take care of some business. All right, this week on our Facebook page, we did some polls, and we're going to start doing that more. Uh, but yeah, so some of our polls that we that I put out there, it's fun because you get to see... Uh, what people enjoy, what people like. So one of the polls, uh, and it, it mainly it, it deals with, you know, 90s country, but uh, one of the polls was, um, said this, new segment of my podcast where I'll read the results on air and I'll even talk about your comments and maybe I'll debate you on your choice for fun. Uh, so one of the polls was country music fans. If you had to choose your favorite between these two Georgia boys, who would it be? And of course, we uh, we did Alan Jackson or Travis Tritt. And I'll tell you who I voted for. I voted for Travis Tritt. Well, Travis Tritt got 36% and Alan Jackson got 64%. <clears throat> Honestly, I thought it would be a little closer. But, you know, it is what it is. That's, that's, the, that's part of uh, having a poll out there. So let me read some of the comments that we got from this. Let's see. Um, Terry says, my favorite by Alan Jackson was Drive for Daddy Jean. That's a great song. Uh, Jimmy says, tough one, but I would have to go with Travis Tritt. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Travis can do it all, but I love me some Alan Jackson. Okay. My favorite Alan Jackson song, she says, is Living on Love. That's from uh, Gian. Uh, Kelly says, Travis Tritt saw him in concert. Awesome. Dana says, really like both. However, Travis Tritt is my choice because he's got a little Southern rock edge to him. Step outside the box, just enough artist. Angie says, okay, I love them both, but you can't be Travis Tritt. Anymore is my favorite. And of course, we're a member of the country club. That's right. Um, then Tina says, has to be Alan. Sissy Song is one of my favorites. Let's see. Stevie goes, two really great catalogs, but just on the strength of Drift Off to Dream, I got to give Travis Tritt the nod. Uh, let's see. Deborah says, Alan Jackson, love his voice, songs, and of course, his good looks is a plus. <laughs> uh, let's see. Some more, some more, some more. Lee says, Alan Jackson. Uh, Daniel says, Alan Jackson. Hands down, he says. Tritt is good, too, though. Yeah, so people, I love hearing uh, people's comments. Oh, here's another one. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't love you anymore. He, that's from uh, Richard. Amanda says, Super Bowl 28 in Atlanta in 1994. There was Clint Black, Travis Tritt, Judds, Tanya Tucker doing the halftime show. The Commerce High School dance team ended up with Travis Tritt on the stage. And Amanda was part of that. That's pretty cool as well. Um, Michelle says, love them both, but I'm a really huge AJ fan. Alan Jackson. Jeffrey says, I'm going with Travis Tritt. Uh, man gives a powerful performance, and I believe he has the most underrated voice in all of country music. 
Wow. So uh, these are these are some good ones. Uh, Heidi says, oh, that's just wrong, Britt. I'm a Travis fan for sure. However, I'm still waiting for Alan to realize he was supposed to marry me. So dot, dot, dot. Uh, those are some really good uh, answers. And if you go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Britt Jones Music. That's B-R-I-T Jones Music. Hey, send me a friend request. Um, and you can take part in some of these polls. <coughs> Excuse me. You can also visit us on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. And that uh, is our website, and uh, it stays updated. Uh, we have our guest uh, links on there as well. And another poll we did this week, uh, I love this poll, but I was also shocked at it as well. It uh, Here's the poll, and this is what it said. All right, Battle of the Duos. The Judds ruled the airwaves of the 80s and early 90s with hit after hit. Brooks and Dunn ruled the airways in the 90s and early 2000s with hit after hit. Combined, they have sold well over 50 million records worldwide. All right, so the poll was, which duo is your favorite out of these two? And, of course, it says vote below and feel free to comment. Tell us why you chose what you chose. Tell us your favorite song, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm going to read some of these uh, results to you and some of these comments. So uh, the Judd's got 29%. And Brooks and Dunn won with 71% of the votes. I actually thought it would be a lot closer. Uh, my vote for this poll went to the Judds. I just um, uh, something about all their songs. I'm telling you, they, they were <coughs> one of the uh, hottest acts. And, you know, if they came out today, I believe they'd be selling out arenas. Again, but uh, my favorite Judd song was Love is Alive. That's one of my favorites, man. I loved Young Love as well. Uh, Have Mercy. Uh, Of course, Mama, He's Crazy. Um, They had some really, really tight songs. All right, so Heidi Hooper says, Change of Heart is one of my favorite Judd songs. Uh, And it's hard to nail a favorite Judd song, but that was hers. Tara, love them both, but I'm going to go with the Judds. Favorite song by them is Have Mercy. Let's see. Uh, favorite Brooks and Dunn song for me, That Ain't No Way to Go. That is a great song. Um, and Heidi chimed in on that one, said, Mine's You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone. Duh. <laughs> Wink face. Uh, yeah, that's a good song, too. I, I forgot about that one. You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone. I love that one. And that's the one that kicks Brooks, takes lead vocals on. All right, let's see. Brooks and Dunn, hands down, from Marion. And she says her favorite songs are Amanda Slonely and Believe. Crystal Bolt says Mama, He's Crazy. Of course, that is a classic song as well. Holly says her favorite song is She's Not the Cheating Kind. That's a great song, too. Eric, that's a hard to it's hard to pick a favorite to too good to choose one. Um, yeah, I guess so. It, it is. Uh, Tiffany says, no way. The Judds are way better. And uh, she's referring to the poll results. Amanda, Brooks and Dunn, Believe is my favorite. Others are Cowgirls Don't Cry with Reba. That Ain't No Way That ain't no way to Go, Lost and Found, and many, many more. Uh, Lost and Found, man, in a border town. Y'all remember that song? That's a, that's a great song. I love that song. Olivia, Brooks and Dunn, I Believe, and Neon Moon. Uh, la 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 la. Nina says the Judds. Jennifer Holland, I'm a brand new man. Tiffany, I am mad at this poll. She chimed in again. Uh, let's see. And then a comment to her comment was Brooks and Dunn couldn't hold a candle to the Judds. Uh, that's funny. And then Tiffany says, Yay, somebody agrees with me. It's fun to read all these comments uh, and how people l- love one or the other and course i love both groups i love both duos of course and uh brooks and dunn and judds but yeah my my vote has to go with the judds i've some of my earliest childhood memories are uh us, me listening to the judds whether my mom was playing them or they're, whether they're on the radio uh because i was raised on country music and that classic country from the late 80s and and even into the 90s is it's hard to beat and the judds were the at the forefront uh of that movement of uh, late 80s and early 90s country. So, 
Anyway, if you visit me on Facebook, you will see another poll. And we're going to have a poll up today, actually. And that poll will be read and talked about this coming Sunday with my guest, Shenandoah. Marty Raven, lead singer and founder member, will join us this coming Sunday. But today is our bonus episode with Billy Dean. And I'm telling you, Billy is a great performer, incredible songwriter, and uh, you know one of his biggest hits and one of his signature songs is Somewhere in My Broken Heart. And um, that song, and really all of Billy's songs, just tell a story, and they paint these incredible stories in your mind. And if you ever get a chance, if you haven't heard of the song Cowboy Band, go out of your way uh, to listen to that. Go to YouTube and type in Cowboy Band by Billy Dean. That's another song that just paints a picture. And uh, I love it. Let Them Be Little. Uh, that's one of his more recent hits in the past several years. Uh, that's also a, a killer song. But and Billy the Kid. Man, I love. I used to love Billy the Kid, the song. And uh, his, his songwriting, his storytelling, uh, it's hard to match. And, and that's the truth. Uh, so be sure you visit him at BillyDean.com. For upcoming tour dates and music and, and all that good stuff. He has a new gospel album out, which is so good. I love it when country stars uh, put out gospel albums. And uh, you get to hear some of your the classic hymns and stuff sung by your favorite artists. Uh, but yeah, Billy Billy has that out now, and it's, it's really good. So, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you hear Billy Dean's uh, interview. Be sure you visit us at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. Do us a huge favor once again and hit that subscribe button. You only have to do it one time. And like I said, it really helps us grow. And we are growing and we are reaching people all over the country. Uh, you know, our, our show goes to the UK and Australia. There are country fans, a lot of country fans in Australia, but there are a lot of country fans in, in the UK as well. But Australia definitely has a huge country music scene. So if you're listening from Australia, hello there. We're so glad you are listening to Throwback Country Music. And I'm very grateful. I am so grateful that you are listening and tuning in. But uh, And when you hit that subscribe button, man, it makes my day. I'm telling you, it's it's such a cool partnership. That's what it is. It's a partnership with me and you because we're both fans. You know, I'm a fan uh, just wanting to uh, interview some of the biggest artists of the 90s, 80s, and early 2000s. And so that, that's a, it's a cool thing. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this interview. It's, it was fun to talk to Billy, and you're going to really enjoy it. So here we go, Mr. Billy Dean. Well, hello, everyone. We are here uh, with one of the voices of the 90s uh, movement called 90s Country, and he is a Grammy winner, uh, multiple award-winning singer-songwriter. Uh, Mr. Billy Dean is on the show. How you doing, Billy? Hey, man. I'm good to talk to you. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. Oh, I've been really excited about this uh about this and so first off let's just jump right into this uh you have a brand new record out and it's a gospel cd and it has 10 tracks on it billy dean and friends and uh tell us how that came about and uh give us a little background of it yeah you know um i had uh it's all started with the florida uh my state home state of florida inducted me into the florida hall of fame and uh, I came down for the ceremony and ran into uh, the former president of Florida State University, uh, T.K. Weatherall, who just recently just passed away from uh, prostate cancer. He, he, had tra he had challenged me to do a gospel album. And I, I was trying to explain to him, I said, you know, I'm in the country music business. I'm, it's a whole nother business, you know, right. really the gospel business. And uh, and. And so, but I could tell it meant a lot to him and that I knew his struggles. Uh, I told him to list, you know, the songs that he'd like to hear me sing right. on a gospel album. So what are some of his favorite gospel songs? And and so um, we put it together. I decided to do it down here in Florida with some of my Florida friends, uh, musicians. Nobody really, you know, ultra 
ultra famous or anything like that. It's just right. a, a labor love of some of the studios here in North Florida. Uh, we went into and, and tried those out and recorded those just made it a, a Florida project of love for, for our buddy TK and, uh, and never thought it would kind of go beyond that. But a lot of people are really excited, you know, in our fan base, I guess you could say that to, to hear that kind of, you know, album for me. So yeah. it was a good time to do it. Well, that's awesome, man. I, um, uh... I was listening to it earlier this morning, and uh, you, man, you picked some uh, really good classic. I mean, that, it takes me back to my childhood growing up in a little country Baptist church. You know, we'd sing a lot of those songs, uh, "Blessed Assurance," and all that. Yeah, those songs have a. <coughs> to me, they have a, a power uh, to them. You know, just mm-hmm. a, a, they have a humility and honesty to them. Maybe it's because we've heard them for so many years. You know, same thing. That's exactly. Uh, sort of the spirit of this was those was that those gospel songs that that we did sing in those old pine wood hardwood churches yeah. you know there's yeah, yeah. um you know southern baptist churches around that uh-huh. they, you know almost spirituals like some yeah. of these songs are spiritual oh, yeah. actually yeah uh, i think a lot of that's where you know i think if you, you get down south florida where i'm from or, or north florida it's a north florida area but it, we consider ourselves in the south obviously but mm-hmm. uh, you find a lot of that uh you know a, a blend of that black spiritual yeah. music and that southern gospel i, I love that cause it's, it's uh it's moving stuff so anyway it was a good it was a labor of love and uh and i'm glad to have it out there i'm glad we did it now that, that's great man and and um, one thing that's cool to me about the country music genre, especially the, the nineties era is that so many of the artists, uh, have some type of faith background. They grew up in church and then they started singing in church. So it, it's, it's like a camaraderie of artists from that decade that really have that faith background. And, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it is. I think it's where you learn to use your voice, yeah. uh, for, uh, for praise and for mm-hmm. worship and, and, you know, make a joyful noise kind of a, a idea, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and it's also where I think people build their confidence of getting in front of people and opening their mouths and singing, you know, yeah. it usually starts at church among family and friends like that. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. And uh, before I move on, I also wanted to touch on an album you recorded a few years back that I absolutely love, and I, I know a lot of listeners uh, need to check it out, and it's uh, Billy Dean Sings Richard Lee. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, Richard Lee, for a lot of people who maybe not know who he is, but uh, Richard Lee is a Hall of Fame songwriter. He wrote, uh, his catalog goes all the way back to Crystal Gale, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue, mm. to, uh, uh, but he wrote Only Here for a Little While. Oh, wow. uh, my very first single and he and I wrote Somewhere in My Broken Heart together mm-hmm. he wrote songs like The Greatest Man I Never Knew that Reba McIntyre Reba. recorded yeah. and uh, but that out but he's 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 always been sort of a mentor of mine as far as a, a songwriter goes and he took uh, he kind of taught me you know the the uh, craft of, uh, of of wordsmithing, I guess you could say, and he was chiseling those words and mm-hmm. trimming the fat, trying to. But he he writes a certain classic type of song, you know, and it's it's it. And I I wanted to record a whole catalog of his music, and it's real different, but it's just love. There's love songs. There's uh, it to me. It's just it's it's a style of country music that the crooners used to do, and. Uh, and he had a whole catalog of this stuff just sitting around. I, I thought, man, I, I'd love to pick some of these out and record them. So uh, that's what it is. I, I cool. sang, sang a couple of his classics, like Don't I Make My Brown Eyes Blues on there and The Greatest Man I Never yeah. Knew, along with a lot of new originals. Mm. That's cool, man. Um, <clears throat> well, moving right along, are, are you still doing your Branson, Missouri residence? No, I do. I, I moved back to Florida, but I, I am. Uh, my daughter still lives up there, and I do about two shows up there a year. I do one in the spring and one in the fall. Yeah. And uh, but not doing the sit down thing because the '90s music is is you know there seems to be a demand to tour it again. So yeah. uh, we've been out, been on the road doing that. Man, it's so crazy you, you bring that up because I was going to talk about that. Um, well, I had Marty Rabin on the show yesterday. And he said the exact same thing you did. The the nineties genre, I mean, there's such a demand for it even now in twenty eighteen, but it's almost like nineties music, Billy, has become its own genre. Like nineties country is its own special genre now. It's it's 
that's that's so interesting because I I really do think it was the the nineties was the decade of of storytelling and yeah. uh, you know good melodies, wonderful melodies. You know, like if tomorrow never comes. You know mm-hmm. that Garth had. You know, yeah. friends Barbara. So that decade was a. Um, that's kind of how I classify it. It's when country music was you know telling stories and uh, yeah. you know and had really great melodies. Yeah, and yeah. So I miss that. Yeah, man. And uh, and I, I was telling someone the other day. I just I hope. Maybe one day it'll kind of cycle back and we'll look back and be like, oh, that, you know, 2019 was what, you know, that year. But it, it was special, man. 90s were it special. It was. You know, we, we like to have fun. I mean, a lot of songs are about, you know, today it's about, you know, throwing the party and having a party and, yeah. you know, mixing a drink and sit back and oh, country folks do. But there's a lot of other things we do, you yeah. know, besides that. You know, I, 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 you know, the, the, uh, Lee Bryce song, I drive your truck yeah. kind of reminded me of a nineties yes. country song. It yeah. was a big song and, and it had a great powerful story to it, you know, and if you remember in the nineties, uh, we were dealing with, you know, the, the very first Iraq war and mm-hmm. the cl- climate of the country needed good stories and, and good faith based types of, uh, songs from country music. You know, yeah. they had loved ones going over. And I, I think that was, uh, you know, that was, you know, important. That type of music was important back in the 90s. And it's nice to see it yeah. coming back around for a little while. Yeah. it's uh, that, Man, I, I love that. And the thing is, I, I, I you know, the teenagers that I'm around, uh, they know 90s country. And it just blows my <laughs> That's mind. Awesome. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, speaking of the 90s, is the the fan base, and I guess it might be like this all across the board, but it seems like country music fans are so loyal, and they'll they still do they still the same fans that were nineties children or teenagers are they still coming to see you, Bill? Yeah, absolutely. I've actually been handed down a generation. You know, I get a lot of. Uh, mother daughters, you know, yeah. daughters who grew up listening to my music. The moms turned them on to my stuff, you know, and yeah. and I get a lot of those, uh, you know, see a lot of those faces coming to my show. And, and there's, a, I think, too, a lot of a lot of people our age that grew up listening to that. Now, I think their kids are in college. I think they're empty nesters, and they're going out. You know, they're able to leave the house now because they're not tied to, you know, kids, babysitters and things like that. I think they're finding themselves empty nesters now and they can get out and and relive some of the memories that they had back in the 90s, some of the music they fell in love to. And I think these these, uh, you know, people that listen to that, that are parents or that now kids are grown, they can get out of the house and go to a concert. And they're looking to go back and relive some of those memories, you know. That's a good point. Um, well, man, I mean, your first record with uh, Columbia was was it nineteen ninety? Nineteen ninety, yeah, Capitol Records. It was on. Oh, uh, Capitol, it was okay. on. Yeah, yeah, Capitol. Nineteen ninety, ninety one was the, that first uh, first release, the Young Man album, uh-huh. uh, which had uh, uh, somewhere my broken heart was on that album. Only here, Only for, here for a little while was on that, yeah. and uh, kind of got everything started. Sure did. Yeah, it was, and it was so common. Uh, I was telling someone this the other day that. Uh, in the '90s, when an artist like yourself or Diamond Ree or whoever, once they came out with an album, it it I mean it went to gold and it was recognized. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, man. If you didn't get gold, you didn't stick around very long. Gold or platinum. Even, yeah. Man. I mean, it was it was crazy. That was back when uh, you know people were uh, collecting music and and you know digging in to see what the you know who played on it. And yeah. Who the writers were. And, yeah. And uh, so yeah, it was a. Uh, Oh, it was definitely a good time. I, I just remember in the nineties, uh, there was a you know, this industry of uh, you know, real musicians playing in a studio together, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that brilliance of a of a of a room, a studio full of of bright minded uh engineers yeah. and, and musicians and they helped you put a hit song together with all of those people around you. You know, you wasn't just the artist or the producer it was all those you know and now I, I, I find though that uh you know a lot of these things are programmed a lot of music's programmed and and it's and, and it's a whole different type of 
art form, you know, putting this stuff together right. and, and cutting and pasting. But, you know, some of, some of it's cool. Some of it uh, sounds great, ear candy, but then some of it, to me, uh, becomes a little repetitive and, it, it, you know, it doesn't sound as original sometimes. Right. Like when you have a group of musicians, live musicians, and I'm not saying, you know, all of it's like that, right. but that whole recording industry of, of using those those protege musicians and those great musicians that and you paid them well you know but yeah uh, i miss all of that yeah. you know the, absolutely uh in in back in the 90s when i was growing up you know i was a country music junkie man i i, I consider myself a 90s nerd because I, I love I, I would buy literally billy i would buy everybody's album tape that is and uh, <laughs> and I, I did. I would know, and I would know what singles were on the radio. And, and here's the cool thing, and this is common from a lot of people I've talked to: is when you turned on the radio in the '90s, you knew that was Billy Dean. You knew it was Clint Black. You knew it was Winona. You knew yep. the artist. You knew who it was. With you know, it wasn't like, oh, yep. that sounds like so and so. That's right. Exactly right. Because you know, they, back then they were trying to find original talent, and sometimes. You know, you, you you land on something that sells, and then the, the the business of the industry wants five more just like it. You know, yeah. and that's and that's uh, you know that's not really what they were looking for in the nineties. They were looking for you know trying to build you know the Willie Nelson careers, you know the longevity careers, the Dolly Park, trying to make another right. Ron Haggard or another Dolly Park. Yeah, you know, uh, one of those longevity types of careers. Yeah, and. Uh, and it's almost kind of like a, you know, uh, you're here today, now gone tomorrow if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. And, and man, uh, females were huge in the 90s. I mean, that's like the female artist oh. was. Man, Patty Loveless and yes. Vince Gill, that little combination. Yes. Uh, Vince was struggling, you know, had a few little hits in there until he teamed up with the great Patty Loveless. And uh -huh. they had that When I Call Your Name. Yeah. And that, that. Boy, he won everything after that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Patty was uh, Patty Loveless and Susie Boggess, good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Dina Carter, uh, my label mate on Capitol. Um, she, you know, that one got Strawberry Wine. I Man. think that whole album, five million albums, yeah. just off that one song. Right. Putting out, you know. So yeah, you're right. Strong feeling. Reba McIntyre owned the '90s. It seemed oh, yeah. like. Oh yeah. It, I mean, it was a great decade for for women and. And it was, uh, and, and even for a '90s fan, even for a guy, it was cool to listen to a female, you know, because they, yep. they they had great music. Uh, yep, and you had you'd have, uh, you know, that was the other thing, man. I think you know there was a big rivalry between Haddax and Harax. Yeah, it was like the, yeah. you know Travis Tritt, Marty Stewart, myself, and Little Texas. You know, we we're all kind of Harax. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, we were trying to be a little progressive, you know, and, and push the envelope a little bit. Then you had your hat axe, uh, you know, and I never wore a hat because even though I was a farmer, country boy, I wasn't a cowboy and uh -huh. I respected George Strait and people who are real cowboys. I just, I didn't, I didn't want the imaging department to put me in that direction. Cause I, I, I would, I felt like a fraud, you know, if I, if huh. I wore that compared, you know, yeah. but the cowboy hat, it did. It kind of. It was a marketing tool. It kind of said to the, to the, to the men out there mm -hmm. that it's okay to have that guy's album in your truck. Yeah. You know, if you, yeah. you didn't feel like you know you were yeah. uh, listening to. Uh, well, you just you. It was kind of a man's man yeah. image. You know, the yeah. cowboy image. Sure. But uh, but we still we had a lot of you know Billy the Kid got a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of guys listening to Billy the Kid uh -huh. and uh, we just disagree and stuff like that yeah. really got us a a good cross of you know fan base of men and women yeah you know we get more women than men a lot of times but now we get a lot of a lot of them coming on dates you know to come to the show yeah uh, <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> Date well, night. well wasn't you I, I don't even i didn't even have this in my notes but it seems like i read it was it you that was in like people's or some most gorgeous celebrities or something <laughs> oh yeah, People Magazine and Playboy <laughs> magazines and some of all of the you know sexiest man kind yeah. of stuff they'll throw. So I, I usually found you know that's all about if you got a good publicist, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, <clears throat> the the song, and I, I wanted to hit on this too because this is one of my favorite songs. Uh, 
I've, I guess I've known it for maybe four or five years now, but um, uh, is it America with the Remington? Oh, yeah. 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 Wrote that with that. Larry Gatlin. Yeah. Oh, okay. From uh, Gatlin Boys. Yeah, we were, uh, we were, we wanted to write a letter to ISIS, you know, kind of in a way of a, of a song. Cause yeah. this was right about the time all those videos were coming out of beheadings and things like that. And yeah. we, Larry and I shared a dressing room in Branson and, and we always kept the news on and, and more we watched the news, the matter we got, you know, seeing all that stuff. And, uh, and with like, you know, we, we, we need to write a song from sort of the spirit of America to these, you know, to these guys, mm-hmm. these, this, this ISIS group to say, you know, you don't want to come over here and, and do what you're doing over there because there's more guns in the state of Georgia, I think, than all of Russia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or in Florida too, probably. <laughs> and we're basically, you know, saying that, you know, um, we want to live in peace. You know, we're here to promote peace, but if you think you're going to run over us and you think you're going to come over yeah. here and this, you know, you, we, we don't even need our military. If you land on our soil exactly. here, I think it's, there's more, there's more hunter and fishermen and, and there's more of an arsenal around here that <laughs> <laughs> a country boy can't survive as Hank Jr. said. Exactly. That's, a- but that, that's, that was it. My, my son was interning for Remington and he told me, oh, cool. uh, he said, dad, Remington's the oldest manufacturer in North America. And I just, out of my mouth, I said, wow, nothing's more American than a Remington. And when I heard that, I went, wow, those two words go together in a song. And when I got with Larry, he said, man, this is how we ought to treat this kind of fight back a little bit through the media with all the, all the ISIS yeah. stuff that's going on. Oh man, that's a good, can people get that on iTunes? Yeah. yeah. In fact, the gallon's got a version. I think we got a little, uh, version of just the two of us, you know, doing uh-huh. it one day. Uh, um, but it, yeah, it's out there good. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Y- y- <laughs> y- y'all definitely need to check it out. It's good, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, now when you put a set list together, Billy, do you try to include all the hits or does anyone at the merch table ever say, Billy, why didn't you sing this, that song or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, I do, and I hate, I hate, I, I try, especially when I'm doing my solo thing. Yeah, uh, I leave it. I'll, I'll give the audience a chance to before I get out of there just to to request stuff. You know, in okay. case they came there to hear a a particular song, and uh-huh. I never have a set list. That's one good thing. Oh, I never wow. have a set list when I'm by myself. <clears throat> uh, I uh, I try to get all the the hits in though. You know, yeah. all, all at least all the big ones. I get all those in there, and yeah. then. Uh, but then I like to try to sing. Uh, I'll sing one of my songs from the '90s, and then I'll sing a song from the '70s that I grew up listening to as a teenager, mm. and show you how how similar my hits are to the music that I listened to in the '70s growing up. So I'll do like, you know, "Old Black Water," the old Doobie oh, Brothers yeah. song, and I'll yeah. do "Billy the Kid" because I was kind of listening to, you know, the old Doobie Brothers song when when the night before we wrote that, and then. Uh, mm. Only the Wind, like uh, leader of the band, the old Dan Fogelberg song. Yeah. Kind of, a, it reminded me sort of musically of that. And so, anyways, I'll do cool. that in my show. I'll, I'll play my hits, but then I'll go and play stuff, some James Taylor stuff, things that I grew up listening to. Uh, and you can kind of see, oh, wow, his music sounds like the music he listened yeah. to from the 70s, you know. Was James a big influence on you? He was, man. I, I just thought he was, uh, you know, the consummate uh, performer, uh, you know, great mm-hmm. guitar player, great storyteller, and just, yeah, just cool, you know. He yeah. Had, he was just soulful, and I loved the way he played. He probably influenced me on the guitar more than anything, just watching him play with that finger style. Um, sitting there and learning a James Taylor song, you almost have to learn it exactly the way he played it. So yeah, um, that, that strengthens your chops you know and, yeah. and it was good practice um, yep. did you write the song cowboy band uh no i uh, just recorded marty marty i'm uh, not marty monty powell mm-hmm. uh monty powell wrote that he was a producer for uh uh diamond rio yeah. and he wrote a bunch of hits for keith urban like days go by and yeah sweet thing and monty wrote cowboy band um and in that story boy did he you know that was my basically when i heard that i thought that's somebody wrote my life story. that's awesome i love it <laughs> yeah that's absolutely. why I, that's why i was curious because that song is uh is a it definitely tells a story and it, it I, I paints a picture in my mind every time i listen to it you know well i was a big haggard fan i got to tour with him and 
you know, and that, uh, to get to see a Merle and the strangers play. I, I certainly yeah. did. I went to, when I was a teenager out when he was hot, really mm-hmm. hot back in the day, yeah. I, I got a chance to see him and I just thought he was the coolest ever, man. Wow. That's <laughs> cool, man, that you got to tour with him. That's so, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really great. You also toured with, uh, man, you've been on the road with a bunch of people like uh, the Judds, Winona. Yep. Absolutely. Why and I got to be good buddies. Um, we were, uh, I'll never forget the first the first show we did together. I was on my bus and I was the opening act, and I'd never really been out of out of town much. You know, I, I hadn't really traveled that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we played Niagara Falls, and went on, and I had already, you know, got to be good buddies. And I went over and knocked on her door about nine o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> and she answered the door in her pajamas, and she goes, "What are you doing here?" I said, well, look, I said, we're at Niagara Falls. Come on, get your clothes on. Let's go. We got to go. I, I've never been to Niagara Falls again. She goes, honey, I've been here eight times already. I was <laughs> 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 uh, oh. looking for a running buddy, man. She's like, she's so, she already, already been there and done that. Yeah. Yeah, man. She, uh, she, I, I saw her, I guess, the year before last. And man, she sounds better than she ever did. Oh man, she's a singer, singer, no yeah, question kidding. about it. And and started writing songs too. I think she's a great songwriter. Oh, wow. She sticks with it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Do you enjoy songwriting uh, more than performing, or what? I, you know, probably like the recording process more than anything. I, okay. Of course, performing's fun. I, I love to, you know, and I do like to travel. I like to, you know, I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I like to get around and see things. Although I'm, I'm. You know, it's hard to leave St. George Island, Florida now that I'm down here. <laughs> and I, I don't really want to leave here very much because uh, I love it down here. Yeah. But, uh, I do. I get. I still get out and hit the road some and, uh, and you know, love it. I mean, but I like the, the – I like inventing music. I like it too. I like kind of a geek. You know, I like yeah. the software and the, okay. and the studio gadgets and yeah. stuff. But I like to sit there and compose you know, put it together. Yeah. Try to get what you hear in your head yeah. and try to get it out on, on the, on tape, as they say. Yeah. It's a, uh, have you built a studio at your new place or you, you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, we're in fact, we, we were, uh, we were looking at, well, since I'm down here on Florida, St. George, all mm-hmm. the carpenters are all booked. I, I was sitting here thinking, I wonder if just me and my, my cousins and a couple of us could, could build something. I'm, I'm, I can, I'm a good laborer. I'm a, I'm not a good, uh, saw and cutting and measuring guy, but right. I'm a good laborer. I could hammer and drill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we might just build it ourselves. It's just, it? I can't find any workers down in Florida cause they're all, you know, they're all, um, I mean, trying to, you know, get clean, you know, get this place cleaned up from yeah. the hurricane. How, did St. George get it pretty bad or, or have <laughs> They didn't get it as bad as as, as like Mexico Beach and some. We I think we had at the tops about seventy mile an hour winds yeah. enough to blow a lot of debris around right. and some sand around. But for the most part, the water was the, the water surge did get up pretty high and and uh, and drown some a couple of some cars and some bicycles and things like that. Yeah. But other than that, we're, we're we were very lucky. Yeah, man, it's St. George is a beautiful, beautiful place, no doubt. Um, Love it. Is it, I bet it's just it's it. There's something about coming back home, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, this is. Uh, the, I can't believe I ever left. I probably should have never left, but I. I mean, I love the fact that I lived in Nashville and what I learned in Nashville. Yeah. But being back home, it's just flat out home. You know, it just is. I. I there's a chain of little islands here. I mm-hmm. spend my time exploring those. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. You probably see me do a lot. A lot of uh, equipment. You know trial and error and testing and things yeah. like that because i just love to fly fish and love to uh you know be outdoors so that's that's i figure while i still can you know uh, before you know i'm still in my 50s so uh, you know uh, while i'm still physically able to get up and get downstairs and put boats in and launch and paddle and, yeah. and play i'm gonna do it yeah. before i end up being in you know, cause I'm taking care of my mom now. I, she's 89 years old. And, oh, wow. uh, and so we have to look in and take care of her. We've mm-hmm. got her back, kind of independent now and, uh, back independent for a little bit. So, but that's, that's, that's what we're doing, man. Just kind of hanging here, taking care of her, working on some new music. I, I am going to be working on some new projects 
while I'm down here. So oh, I'm going to stay active with, uh, with that. So yeah, you keep, you know, in 2019, we look to have more music out right now. We've got the gospel album out, encouraging everybody to got a good Christmas album out too, called oh. the Christ. If anybody's interested. Yes. In okay. I, I, I've heard that before. Yes, it is a good Christmas album. Um, it got Dolly Parton sings yeah. on there with me and, uh, yeah, got some special guests on there as well. That's a, that's might be one of my favorite albums that I've ever done. Really? So check that one out this holiday for sure. Huh? That's, that's awesome, man. Was that your first Christmas record? Yeah, yeah. it really was. I, it sure was. Huh. What was it like to, I guess you know her, but what, what's it like to be around Dolly? <laughs> I love it. Uh, she's a she's a genius, man. Well, she's just a trip. I, I did a movie with her, you know, just a TV movie uh, called Blue Valley Songbird uh-huh. uh, a few several years ago, and I got to we had a little love scene, you know, that we <laughs> we got tickled over, man. It's funny, you know. Uh, I always tell people, man, I had a love scene with Dolly Parton. It was the best thirteen seconds of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, man. But she, uh, she's what we see on stage, the real deal, huh? Oh, she's the real deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she sure is. That's and good. she's a true, true artist and a true philanthropist, too. And, and a genius. She really is yeah. a genius. Yeah. You ever played at the Celebrity Theater in Dollywood? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've even got a, I think I've got a walk, of, uh, I think I've got a star on the, on the, on the place over there in Dollywood. I played it so many times. It was only a couple hours from my farm in uh-huh. Tennessee. And I love the, I love the Smoky Mountains. Me too, man. Me too. Oh, speaking of Smoky Mountains, um, I love the song, uh, A Fall in Tennessee. Oh, thank you. That's man. exactly what that, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, appreciate that. Yeah. That was, uh, uh, on the, uh, real man album. Was that real man album? Yep. That's right. Yep, the great David Gates was a co-producer on that. David Gates was uh, the lead singer and songwriter for a, a rock band called Bread back in the oh, yeah. back in the seventies, oh, yeah. late seventies, eighties. Um, and David Gates had he had written a few themes like the Goodbye Girl, uh, great movie, uh, this is a big hit. But mm-hmm. David was a, a big influence of mine as well, and he and I did that did that track together fall in tennessee sure did that's cool man uh, speaking of that record um one of my favorite songs is uh, is real man oh uh, thanks man me me too I, I that's one of those first attempts to try to write something from my heart by myself you know yeah. without a co-writer or anything like that huh. and um my stepdad paul uh after my dad my dad was a uh my dad passed away when I was about 20 years old and I, uh, his name was Billy Dean as well. And I, hmm. uh, he was a world war two veteran. He was a, uh, oh, paratrooper man. from world war two. Uh, he was in the battle of the bulge and just had a rough life, you know, and he, my mom remarried when he passed, uh, to a great guy, just kind of the opposite guy of, uh, of my dad in a lot of ways in terms of just temperament. But, he was also Paul was also a World War II veteran and mm. and uh, yeah, just a you know kind of a, wrote that song and sort of a blend of what those two men mm. you know what it was like being raised and being around those two guys. Yeah, uh, my dad's and that's uh, learned a lot. Some had a an idea of what a real man was. The other had a different idea, and and it's. Both of them would agree that a real man knows the value of a woman. And yeah. I, I love that message. Well, I think we need to hear it more very today right. than ever. Yeah. Have, uh, have you heard the song Drunk Girl from Chris Jansen? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. One of my favorite too. songs last year. Yeah. Take a drunk girl home. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, the respect for uh, a woman in that song and in Real Man. It's, that's, that's good. We, yep, need, we that's need more it. of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'll start wrapping this up because I know you're having fun at the beach. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, another one of my favorite songs, and uh, it was uh, on a one of my absolutely favorite movies from the '90s, and that's um, Eight Seconds. Oh uh, yeah, Once in a While. Do you still play that, man? I sure do, man. I just played it at the uh, World Finals National Rodeo out in Las Vegas. Wow, they love that song. I did that anthem for the for the uh, rodeo out there and we did a little show and uh, that song is still a big favorite out there among that 
you know, the radio yeah. arena. So yeah. um, I sure do. It's a, I usually dedicate it now to, to our veterans when I play it because oh, it, yeah. it's a song about heroes. Sure. And, uh, Lane Frost for sure was a hero of a lot of people. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, we, we, we kind of make a, a bit of a dedication to our military now mm. when we do it. That, yeah, I can see that. That's that's awesome. Um, well, we're going to end with uh, something we call rapid fire. And so what, okay, buddy. what we do with each artist um, is we, we play a little rapid fire. And wh- whether I might say a name or I might say a statement or whatever, and you just throw out your first thought. First thought. Okay, you got it. All right, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Your number one musical influence? Uh, James Taylor. Do you have a favorite venue you've ever played? Napa Valley uh, Wine Country. Oh, nice. Um, favorite hit song to play live? Somewhere in My Broken Heart. Your favorite tour you were ever a part of? Uh, the Judge Tour. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, favorite record you've ever made? Uh, the the Christ, the Christmas album. Okay. Uh, favorite country record you've ever made? Um, I think the Billy Dean album, the the one with If There Hadn't Been You. Yeah. And, uh, all of that on, I think that might have been my favorite. Well, I don't know. Boy, that's a tough one. It is. It's what I, it's what I do. My, it was I, I probably sang the best on the It's What I Do. I like that It's What I Do album. That might be my favorite. That's awesome. Um, mine is Fire in the Dark. Oh, yep. nice. That's a good choice. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Do you have a career highlight that stands out? I know you career have many, highlight. but anything that just... Well, the, um, the you know, top new male vocals and songwriter. Well, I guess the, 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 the biggest thing I got was late recently was a standout was the Nashville Songwriters Association voted Somewhere in My Broken Heart to be one of the top 50 country songs uh, of all time. And wow. I, I just, or something like that. And I, 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 that was, that was the highlight for me being, Man. being on stage with Chris Christopherson and, mm. and people like that, who we shared that category with. Mm-hmm. That was, that's, that was a highlight. That's pretty cool, man. Um, Thank you. all right. So let's end with this. We, uh, I've been asking our guests and they've had a lot of fun with it. It's called the Mount Rushmore of country music. Okay. So if we had a Mount Rushmore for the guys, and then we'll have one for the women. There's four on All each. Right. And you can also throw in bands. It don't matter. Uh, who would you put on the Mount Rushmore country music for males? Well, I'd put Merle Haggard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. I would uh, I'd put Merle Haggard. I'd put Johnny Cash. Um, I'd put Willie. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that last spot. That's tough. Uh, probably, yeah, it'd have to be Waylon. Oh, okay. it have, It's the highway, man. man yeah. It's, 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 it's that's, well, I didn't even put Christopherson in there. Did a no. Merle, Willie, Waylon, Cash. We'll add another one. There's <laughs> four of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I put Christopherson yeah. up there, but he, he, but those were, those were my guys. Yeah. There. The outlaw oh. movement. <laughs> oh yeah, man. That's, that's cool. Um, what about females? Who would you put? I'd put Loretta Lynn, yep. Amy Lou Harris, mm. Dolly Parton, and Tammy Wynette. Oh, that's good. Whoa, wow. That's that's awesome. I, uh, no one said Amy Lou yet. That's that's awesome, man. I uh, love her. Me too. Me too. Well, man, Billy, thank you so much for being on you the show. You got it, buddy. And uh, guys, go to BillyDean.com for uh, music, tour dates, and all that good stuff. And uh, Billy, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. And uh, yeah, so have a great you. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you guys. And um, stay in touch and I'll uh, send me a link. I'll, I'll be glad to uh, yeah. put that podcast out on our sure social will. media links. We sure will. It's going to come out this Friday. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Good deal, man. We'll have a good one. All right, pal. See ya. See ya. Well, guys and gals, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Billy Dean. Be sure you visit him at his website at billydean.com. You can check out all of his latest music. And, man, he puts out some music at least every year, it seems like. He has some great music that's come out in the past uh, few years. And a lot of 90s artists do. They they still make music. They're still out there, y'all. They're still working uh, shows and, and, and going out and touring. And 
like he said, there is a demand for 90s country. Uh, and it's so cool to see that uh, that genre, which is 90s country, uh, really being it's, it's staying alive. You know, it's still it's still popular. And so it's really cool to hear him talk about that and uh, to give his take on it. It's also cool to hear him say that his favorite tour ever was with the Judds. And uh, our in our polls this week, we also talked about the Judds. So. That was really cool for him to talk about that and tell that and to tell the uh, Winona story of him at Niagara Falls and how excited he was to see the falls and and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, so be sure you uh, visit us on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. And you can also go there to listen online. Um, You can check out our archives. Every episode we've ever done is there. And if you haven't heard the other episodes, you can go right now and, and listen. We have Lori Morgan. We have Wade Hayes, Ty Herndon, John Berry, Confederate Railroad. And we got uh, Aaron Carter, the pop star. He's on there. And just and Jamie O'Neill. And I know I'm missing some, but we have some really good episodes. Oh, you definitely need to check out uh, He Haul's Lulu Roman Uh for you Hee Haw fans, those of you that grew up on it, or those of you that used to watch it with your grandparents, it's uh, it's it's on there. And Lulu was on here last week, and I really encourage you to do that one, to go check that out. And and also Tigran Brown was a really good guest as well. So this coming Sunday will be Shenandoah. Uh, be sure you check that out. Share this with your friends. It'll let people know that there is a podcast that is interviewing some of the greatest stars from the 80s and 90s of country music that helps us grow as well so share it with your friends tell people about it Uh, put it on your facebook page and let people know that this era of country music is alive and well and if you want to hear your some of the stories and favorite artists from that era you can check out our podcast throwback country music Visit us at facebook.com forward slash Brit Jones Music. That's one T. You can also go to Instagram and Twitter. And my Twitter name is on both is at Brit Jones Music. And I'm always updating those uh, social media platforms as well. Well, have a great weekend. And hopefully you'll visit me here this coming Sunday for our very special Christmas episode, which is with country uh, superstars, Shenandoah, lead singer Marty Raven. All right, so have a great weekend. God bless you.